Hello and welcome to the Belmont Journal, Belmont's very own source for hyperlocal news and community updates. I'm Mike Crowley, your host this week. Climate change demonstrations and protests have been all the news recently, including some very eloquent and pointed commentary by 16-year-old Greta Thunberg at the United Nation. Boston had its own climate strike on Friday, and David Webster, Belmont Journal volunteer, was there. Oh, City Plaza is full of this beautiful energy of all young people and all people who are concerned about our planet. Today we are joining millions of people, students and adult allies around the globe who are striking to demand action on the climate crisis. Oh, I'm just, I'm just soaking in all the energy that people have here and I'm uh, just looking forward to um, all the talk and then looking forward to the, to the march over to the State House to influence our state representatives to action. So this is the Boston Climate Strike um, put together by the Sunrise Movement. Um, we are working to get youth out to protest what is happening to our climate. Massachusetts, our road to a Green New Deal requires a just transition, no fossil fuels, and declaring a climate emergency because this is a crisis. So Massachusetts Climate Action Network is a group organization that um, has a bunch of chapters all over the state of Massachusetts. We work with municipal life plants and actually we have, we did this report about how green municipal life plants are. Um, and so on the back you can see kind of our big report card and Belmont is at the top of our report card. They have made sure that their utilities come from really renewable resources. Um, so they do a really great job and are kind of an example for the rest of the state. Hey, ho, ho. Climate change has got to go. Hey, hey. Ho, ho. Climate change has got to go. Hey, hey. My training, my career, I'm a leukemia researcher. And uh, in 2016, I actually left that career to do this full time because this is the issue of the 21st century. We have no other bigger issue. If we don't address this, humans are gone and we take all the other species with us. The time is now. Today the people, the youth especially, are using their voice and they are saying this is not acceptable. We cannot go down this route. This is a route to mass extinction. We've got to make a change. And the youth are stepping up and they're saying no more. It's over. Speaking of climate, Belmont also saw an outpouring of related citizen concern this morning. That's Thursday, September 26th. The goal to stop the elimination of the solar panel array from the middle and high school building project by the building committee. Franklin, you were there this morning. What happened? Well, it all you have to think you have to go back a week basically okay. because um, the building committee was going through what was called a value engineering um, concept, and that is basically looking because they, were, they had to close the, a the, gap of a nineteen million dollars. Right. So the value engineering, you look at big ticket items and you say, do we really need this? Can we cut this? Can we rebid it? And uh, they were going through the process, you know, a lot of the sausage making. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, uh, um, we had a, a prominent member of the building committee, Bob, uh, uh, 
McLaughlin, uh -huh. and he said, why don't we look at one of the biggest ticket items, and that is the $2.9 million that, are, that, is set, that is currently being set aside for solar arrays. Now, so a lot of people in the community thought that had been settled before. Yeah, and they, so, so this was controversial, right? Controversial in one way. It's, like you said, uh, it had always been promoted. They always said that they were going to put it there. But uh, as, uh, as people who are looking at this the, uh, from the other side, things change. And one of those things is $19 million hole you have to fill. Yeah. So um, what happened is that, you know, this could have been a single person saying, you know, I don't, I, why don't we put this out? But, but interestingly, what happened next is that two people who, uh, voiced uh, support for that. One was the school uh, district uh, superintendent, um, uh, uh, John, John Phelan. And uh, the second was was the facilities manager for uh, Belmont. Steve Dorrance. Steve Dorrance. Mm -hmm. And and so this really had like you had a triumphant of um, uh, experienced lawyer, uh, school um, uh, director, Super, yeah. and you have the facilities manager of, of Belmont. This is a very powerful group that are now saying, well, if we're going to cut very important parts of the building, such as tiles, grot, you know, the things that no one really talks about, mm -hmm. but is so important because. After five or six years, you may be out there trying to redo these things if you have, if you have material that isn't up to stuff. So that's what happened uh, the week before. This mm -hmm. uh, today we had a group of uh, a, a large number of people. How, how, many, how many people came out? Roughly, I would say, I would say about uh, fifty, uh -huh. and uh, many students. Uh, and uh, I think the most uh, persuasive student uh, was uh, Madeline Kitch who uh, once again, um, she was in May defending um, uh, solar panels before this committee, and she once again made a, a wonderful speech on um, why you, you, you should uh, save those uh, panels, uh -huh. much more on, in terms of uh, environmental rather than what's happening with the building. Yeah. Um, so what's happened, is, well, the end result is that the uh, solar panels uh, survived, mm -hmm. um, but... Uh, they survive for now, basically, because um, if there is another large amount of money that needs to be found, you know, this—it's uh, almost certain that the solar arrays will be called will be put into what is being called uh, a release valve. A release so, so valve what, account. what does that mean? And basically, you look at big ticket items, and if you if you if you, if, if at the end of the process you have a need for a certain amount of money, you go to those uh, release valve accounts. So, um, if you look at a uh, playing field, six, uh, $70,000. Mm -hmm. If you look at the uh, solar arrays, two point, um, you know, how much of that will be? So, you look at those accounts. So, it's almost certain that the solar array will be in that. But then again, let's talk <laughs> long range. Okay. The solar arrays aren't even going to be bid out until 2023. I mean, you won't need the money until that time. They are the last, they are literally the last thing that is going to be bought in this school. At so, the same time, if, if they're cut from the project um, and, and this release valve funding has to be tapped later on, mm -hmm. then, then the, the, the panels could be cut from the project. And I think that's, that's what the community concerns are when, when a lot of people feel that, you know, this has got to be baked into the DNA, the bones of the building, and, and you know, we're doing a disservice to the community if it's not. Well, it's a service to the community, but is it, is it is it necessary for the building? And there's been a lot of people who say this building is going to be so uh, climate friendly and energy friendly just by the way it's being built and and, and geothermal um, heating and cooling. 
um, it, it certainly will be something that, you know, how much savings do you get if you do put solar panels as opposed to just having a great building, what, it, what you would have anyway. All right, well, the story will continue, and we'll be talking some more about it, I'm sure, again. And um, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you very much. Okay. Most dog owners take their dogs out for a walk on a leash. For those wanting to let their dogs off a leash, the town has a certification uh, process. Suzanne Trisavage, Belmont's animal control officer, and uh, John Marshall, who's the assistant town administrator, explain how this process works. We are here to, uh, to talk to you a little bit about the off-leash dog program that we have in town. So right now we are allowing dogs on Town Field, which you have behind me, PQ Field, Grove Street, and Winbrook Elementary. If you are part of our off-leash program and you're down here with your dog, your dog's running off-leash and it needs to be suspended, you go over, you leash your dog, and then you have your dog under physical control. I would like you to have the same control over your dog off-leash as it is when the dog is on-leash. That is the primary definition of voice control. If your dog is right over there, I want it to be no different than your dog being on a 20-foot leash and you give it one pull and one call and your dog is there. We would suspend him for a couple of reasons. One, we have our terrific public works department down here. We don't want the dogs running in and out of them, preventing them from doing their work. Another example might be if there's a permitted group down here. So we might have a soccer program that's taking place. We might have baseball that's taking place. So that would be another reason why we would suspend him. Some of the challenges we have are just people picking up after a dog relieves themselves. You know, the most important thing is if you are out with your dog in any public area, you need to make sure that you bring a bag with you. Sometimes it might be off of the main playing area. Sometimes it'll be by the fence. Right. Just be really respectful and that's a big, big one. Uh, another one that we run into is sometimes the dogs will dig in the fields. If the dog digs, they're creating a hole, which is creating a tripping hazard. Please be courteous. If your dog's digging, pack that back down, fill it in, and protect a small child or an adult or even an elderly person from having serious harm done to them. In order for people to be part of our off-leash program, you do need to sign up. You need to have all of your vaccines and you need to have your dog licensed with the town. With the dog license, you come into the recreation department, you fill out an application with us, you'll schedule a time to meet with uh, Suzanne. Um, she will do an orientation with you to review the information and make sure that you understand kind of your responsibilities as being part of the program. And then she'll actually give you your tag. For 2019 is a red tag. It says off-leash dog on it. You are also given a card that says off-leash dog. Um, so I expect one of the two to be on you at all times. Having your dog out there with other members of the program, you know that they're vaccinated. You know that they've been to the vet recently. So to me, that ensures me that this is a healthy dog that my dog is playing with, so. What we are gonna do with this program, since it's new to both Suzanne and I, uh, is we will be evaluating it over the next several months. We will be assessing that and bringing that information back to both the Board of Health and the Recreation Commission. That's really what we're looking to get out of this, is for it to be a successful program with people following through with what they're signing up to do. Welcome to this week in the Citizen Herald and Joanna Jubilis, senior multimedia journalist with the Citizen Herald is joining us again. Thank you, Joanna. <laughs> so um, 
Let's talk about the latest updates on the skating rink. Yes, there is updates. Believe it or not, things have changed. The timeline has changed. So, so I, I know that people thought that this process was very, very rushed. It seemed very rushed, right. But, but the timeline has all changed now. And, right. and what's happening there? What's happening is they will no longer be voting on this at the November special town meeting. Instead, they will be voting on this RFP, which has also been revised. And yeah. I'll tell you about that. On February 24th, there will now be a special town meeting. Mm -hmm. the, the, this is uh, going to allow respondents more time. So the RFP has been revised to include more, um, let's see, incorporate, I, I have the wording here, beef up the energy efficiency and sustainability. That's what they did to the, right. uh, that's so, what people asked for. So I, I know there's additional language about zero net energy. Right. Um, because why would you have a zero net energy high school building and then on the same campus, one that's only like LEED certified, that doesn't seem right, right? Well, so That's a good question, Joanna. Net, net, <laughs> zero net energy is preferred. So mm -hmm. if an applicant comes forward, a respondent comes forward with zero net energy in their proposal, they'll be favored over any other applicant. Well, so, so I, I know that there's a, there's a, um, a fairly, fairly elaborated rating scheme, mm -hmm. and, right. and the, the, the energy issues are, are just part of that. So, right. so it is possible that, that they, they might get an applicant that looks good on everything else, yeah. but, but fails on, on or, or doesn't do as well on the energy. And then the question becomes, you know, yeah. what's, what's the town's response? And I think that's somewhat an open question. And that's why they need more time. So, mm -hmm. so they'll send out the RFP around October 23rd. Responses will be due December 18th. And then there'll be a, a period, about a week-long period in January, where they'll be looking at all these responses okay. and rating them. And then hopefully they'll have a finalist for town meeting. So that's Okay. And um, I, I, I'll just mention that I think the board of the, the, the select board is planning a vote on the RFP on October 7th yes. and the school committee on October 15th. Right. So if anybody wants to speak, they'll have time for sure. public comments. So um, we've also, the, the town has also um, gotten a gift. A very generous gift from a woman who lived in the town for about 79 years. Her name was Joan. Campbell. Mm -hmm. She died about three years ago at the age of 92. She lived independently up until the day she died. Okay. She was famous for like riding her bike around town and loving open space. So her gift is $330,000 to be used by the Land Management Committee to maintain the 119 acres of open space we call Lone Tree Hill. Oh, that's great. The fund is going to be called the Joan Campbell Fund. Well, that that's, that sounds wonderful, and I know a lot of people will. It's her legacy, to Belmont. A lot of people will be glad to hear about that. Yeah, so very generous. So so everybody, I, I'm sure, is thankful for that. Yes. So so lastly, we also have some new police officers. Yes, I thought it was exciting, Mike, to witness the swearing in of Belmont's two newest police officers, two fine young men who were born and raised in Belmont and still live in Belmont. Okay. Daniel Trainer, he's mm -hmm. a 2004 graduate of Belmont High. Okay. And Constantine James, known as C.J. Batsikis, he graduated in 2010. And I actually have known C.J. since he was a young boy, so it was really something to see the two of them get sworn into duty, and both of them said the same thing when I interviewed them, that this is their way of giving back to the community. It's what they've always wanted to do.
Okay, well that's great. We so, wish them well. So we're glad to have them. Well, thank you so much, Joanna. And You're welcome. And we'll talk with you next time. Cushing Square has a new store called Blue Butterfly. Joanna Juvelis was there to talk with the owner. Hi everyone, my name is Erin Brown. Um, I am proprietor of the Blue Butterfly in Cushing Square. And I'm here to tell you that we are opening and I wanted to show you around the store. Um, what do we sell? We sell a couple things. Travel goods, uh, books, art, and some vintage things. So we're very excited. It's essentially bringing together all the things that I love into a store. This is the book section. We have these really cool field guides that are different cities around the U.S. and different regions. I'm starting to get in more and more um, New England travel stuff. And this section, all sections will really grow as we head into the fall. And we also have some like things like this, very cool travel lotions that are three ounces so that you can actually bring them on the plane with you and do your face and your, and your hand. So I'm working with the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York and getting a bunch of, a bunch of their things. Right now we have note cards, some fun postcards, um, a water paint, um, some water paint sets, gorgeous coasters, um, really cool magnets. So more and more coming in from the Mets also are very excited to be carrying art. So uh, we carry two types of art, current and secondhand or previously loved art. Um, this is an example of one of our current artists. We have a couple of her paintings around the store. Currently we're working with about five different artists on their work and we're um, consigning them and we will continue to, to grow that list. Um, we're also buying secondhand art at auction and reframing them and um, modernizing them, so to speak, so that you will enjoy putting them in your home. This is something on the art side that I really wanted to call out. This is a smart art frame, um, and the company is called Mural. And essentially what you do is you buy the frame and you get a subscription to the art. Um, and basically you have museum works from all over the world. And I want to show off this really cool set right here which um, looks like it came out of Mad Men. And they're four, a set of four really cool cocktail slash martini glasses. And we have jewelry and, and more. So we really hope that you come and visit the Blue Butterfly. We are in Cushing Square, 113 Trapello, which is right across from the Starbucks that recently opened. And um, we hope to see you soon. Thank you. The Cushing Square Merchants Association held its annual festival last weekend. Roger Colton was there to cover the story. This is the Cushing Square Fall Festival, an annual event that happens in September. Uh, we're here in Cushing Square, which is at the intersection of Common and Trapello Road. This is probably the third year that this event has had this much power and this much attendance, both from vendors and from patrons. Um, we got more food vendors this year, uh, a lot more music. Um, Mary Tomajan did all of this, and it's a labor of love for her. And I would say that probably this is a record turnout for participation from vendors, artists, musicians, 
our um, sponsors. This day, for some people, is a big business day. For other people, is a way to network and bring customers in later. Overall, this tends to produce a better outcome throughout the year for all of us. I find this intersection to be a destination not just for Belmont, for a number of, but for a number of communities. We pull from Watertown, Waltham, Cambridge. It's a unique uh, area um, where there's an intersection of different suburbs. In Cushing, we have a unique situation right now in that a development has been going on for as long as I've been a tenant here, which is eight years. The development in the years that it's been here has been a challenge with, we've lost a lot of parking, there's been businesses that have turned over, and so my opinion is that, that events like this are what is going to promote this neighborhood for the long haul, not necessarily one big development. Right now in Cushing Square, we understand that there are issues with parking. This is something that has affected customers and definitely has affected owners and employees and businesses here. My response is please keep coming. It is a little bit more challenging to find parking here, I really understand. Um, but in order to keep businesses here and alive and here in the next five years, uh, the patronage is very important, so if you're driving by and you can't find a parking space right in front of the business that you want to go to, go around the corner and see if you can find the space, and I guarantee it's going to be better for all of us. Oh, give me that blue dress. And now it's time for our community calendar with Jane Peters. Jane tells us all about what's happening in Belmont and what you can look forward to in the coming week. Hi, I'm Jane and this is your community calendar for next week. The BHS PTSO kicks off its 2019-2020 speaker series on Tuesday with Rachel Katzman of Katzman Advising, a local private practice specializing in college admissions. Parents and students preparing for the college application process are invited to learn about issues that applicants and families should be thinking about when preparing for college, such as admissions strategies and tuition affordability. The presentation takes place at 7 in the BHS Auditorium. Belmont Public Schools English Learner Education Department will host a welcoming indoor picnic at Winbrook on Tuesday for both multi-language and English-only families. Pack a picnic for the family and learn more about Belmont ELE with Director Lindsay Ridner while meeting other families. The meeting takes place at 5.30 with the picnic from 6.15 to 7. Wednesday, October 2nd is Walk to School Day. Celebrate by joining thousands of schools across the country by lacing up your sneakers and walking to school on Wednesday. Walk to School Day is a program of the Safe Roots Partnership. Families can meet some extraordinary birds of prey up close and personal at Habitat on Saturday at 11. Diane Welch, a falconer of 25 years and Arlington Animal Control Officer, will bring her magnificent birds to Habitat and share some extraordinary facts about them. Registration is required on MassAutobahn.org. The Foundation for Belmont Education's Apple Run is on Sunday, October 6th at the BHS Track. The run features both 5K and 1-mile routes, and all proceeds benefit the FBE to support education in Belmont. Sign up at fbe-belmont.org run. In conjunction with its Impact Climate Change show, the Belmont Gallery of Art will screen the 2017 Chasing Coral and 2012 Chasing Ice documentaries on Sunday at 1 and 3 p.m. 
The pair of films by director Jeff Orlowski tell the story of melting glaciers and degrading reefs as climate change causes insurmountable problems. The Belmont Community Chorus welcomes all singers who love to sing. Fall session begins Monday, October 7th and runs through mid-December. Rehearsals are Monday evenings from 7.30 to 9 at the Payson Park Church. No auditions are required to join the chorus and beginners as well as experienced singers are welcome. Visit belmontcommunitychorus.org for more information on how to sign up. And that's all for next week. If you'd like your event featured in Belmont Journal's community calendar, you can send your event info to jane at belmontmedia.org. That's it for this week. I'm Mike Crowley. This is the Belmont Journal, and we'll see you soon.